Carl, welcome, and thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you, Lori. Appreciate it. Certainly. I'm super excited to dive into your entrepreneurial journey and all the wisdom that you have to share. But before we do, I want to rewind the clock. I want to go back to the days when an aunt or an uncle or a mentor would have asked you what it is you want to be when you grow up. What was the answer to that question for you, Carl? Well, to be honest with you, when I was about 12 years old, <laughs> I thought I wanted to be a photographer for National Geographic Ooh. because I, I had a passion for, for photography and I ended up doing sailboat photography when I got older, more or less as a hobby slash business. But uh, I did a lot of major sailboat races. Nice. Very so, interesting. But that's where it started. <laughs> Understood you had a passion for photography. Understood. So how do you feel as you grow up photography played into or didn't play into your choice to become a, an entrepreneur? I don't know that it did, except that it showed me that if you, I mean, I, I knew that in order to work for a National Geographic, you had to be in the top one half of 1%. So I knew that was kind of unrealistic, even though um, I was striving to get better and better. So it might have set some groundwork for me as far as the way I've proceeded with everything I've done since then, you know. And um, and I went to school for photography after that. And and so, you know, I was trying to perfect that. But I did it more. It, 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 it was a hobby turned business. I mean, I did all the races freelance, but I actually made pretty good money shooting sailboat races. But uh, it uh, definitely was different than any other type of photography. So, uh, but, you know, that's that's kind of it, that might have have helped. I don't know. I've never really thought that through. <laughs> definitely. It's fun to put those pieces together when you get a chance to kind yeah, of take yeah. a look back and, and look at how those pieces played out. So you started off, you were doing the sailboat races, you went to school for photography. What did you do after school? How did, what were your first steps into entrepreneurship post photography? Well, into real, um, I, I worked for uh, a grocery chain called Publix Markets, but that wasn't too entrepreneurial. I was an employee of and became a manager of, and then I retired from Publix uh, at age uh, 30. And then um, I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I knew I didn't want to be in retail anymore. I was kind of burned out on that. And I, uh, so I thought uh, I had been approached by an investment uh, advisor and I'd always had an interest in uh, money and finances, but I never trusted anybody with <laughs> my money. So I decided to go to school and learn all that. So I went and got all my, my security licenses and insurance licenses and became a financial planner. And I did that for about nine years. I enjoyed it, but it just really didn't, it wasn't, it, I didn't own it. And uh, so I um, found an ad in the newspaper from a gentleman that was looking for an idea person. I didn't know who he was. And um, so I went and applied for the job and got hired as a business developer. And that was uh, for a man by the name of uh, Stuart Arnold, who was the founder of the Auto Trader publication. And he has sold that for a gazillion dollars to Cox Broadcasting. And um, so I worked side by side with him and, um, you know, and, and really enjoyed that. I did it for about 10 years until he decided he didn't need that anymore and he didn't want to be in business anymore. So 
uh, I stepped away and then um, I started my own um, um, uh, business networking organization, which I still have today. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, but, um, and then started doing business consulting because I found that I guess through being mentored by my, my father, who was a great salesperson, Mr. Jenkins, who was an amazing person with Publix Markets, the, the uh, grocery chain, and then Stuart, that I, I guess I knew more about sales and marketing than I even knew I knew. Mm-hmm. So I started helping people probably 10, 11 years ago with their sales and marketing, and I'm still doing it today. I absolutely love that. I love hearing how you pick up those pieces throughout yeah. the journey, how you find those mentors in the most random of places. It's yeah. not that you necessarily walk outside and yell, I'm looking for a mentor. No, no. It, they come into your life in the in the random moments and the different choices and paths that we choose. It, you pick up mentors along the yeah. way. And I love how you were saying, you know, those those random bits and pieces. You learn more about sales and marketing in all those years when you weren't even thinking about sales and marketing. You were doing what you needed to do, which was your job. You were paying bills. You were working like many people do. Right. But at one point in life, you recognize you have the knowledge, you have the skills, and you didn't kind of want to just sit back and not do. You wanted mm-hmm. to help and give back. Right. What do you feel were some of the pieces that helped you the most when you decided, okay, I am going to go into business for myself. I am going to take this step. What do you feel was one of the most instrumental pieces that really helped you there? To be honest with you, it was being allowed to make mistakes. Mm. Um, both when I, I, you know, I was in management at Publix, but I had to start off as a package boy. But I had, I was very fortunate. I had managers and, and mentors in Publix that uh, allowed me to try things, allowed me to make mistakes, allowed me to learn from those mistakes. Um, and then, um, you know, my dad, I mean, I could tell you amazing stories about him, stories that he told me about, business and, and how, how, how to help people help themselves. And then um, also uh, with Stuart, uh, same thing. He, um, uh, he'd been through it all. Okay. And I've never claimed to be the sharpest knife in the drawer. Okay. <laughs> it's just that I've had a lot of great people train and teach me the right way to do things. But I think making mistakes was one of the biggest one. I've made a ton of them, you know, and, uh, but, but I've learned from them, you know, and, and I always tell people I've got, you know, over 40 years of, you know, business experience. And um, I've probably spent $400,000 in mistakes. And uh, either you can pick my brain or you can do it the way I did it. I, I prefer picking somebody's brain and saving the time and money. But, you uh, but, you know, you just learn from your mistakes. I think that's probably the biggest thing. I, I definitely agree with you. Experience is one of the best teachers. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I often tell my daughter, you know, there's no such thing as failure. There's only feedback. I say it all the time to the audience. I'm sure they're tired of hearing the phrase, but I feel like, you know, it's really true. As long as you take an experience in a moment and you have the opportunity to grow from that, there's absolutely no way you can truly fail. But the moment you've taken from it, you've grown from it, you can move on from it. So there's no such thing as failure, only feedback. So I love that. The ability to to make mistakes and to grow along the way truly is, is really important for the journey. So what do you feel were some of the hiccups 
that you experienced? Can you think of a large headache that you may have faced throughout the journey that you were really, you know, stressed over, concerned with, couldn't sleep at night, thought you wouldn't be able to get through? What do you feel like were one of those real big headaches that you experienced throughout becoming an entrepreneur? As far as becoming an entrepreneur, I, that never, I never had any fear about that. Mm-hmm. A lot of, I got a lot of, had a lot of headaches along the way being an entrepreneur because sometimes I think I got in my own way. Mm-hmm. Um, I expected perfection out of myself, and and I, I have this thing about not being able to accept um, my own hiccups. Okay, and I would let them get in my way and slow me down. So I had to learn to say, you know, heck, you made a mistake, get on with it, you know, move on, don't do it again. So I think sometimes I got got my own way, you know, Um, and and I think that kind of slowed me down. I might've been a little further ahead had I not. And I actually, it used to bother me because in consulting with somebody who would have a business, I'd see somebody has a great business model and it might fit into like the auto trader category, okay? And I'd say, wow, I know the formula. I know what, how he made all that money. And I would say, why don't you try this? Now nah, I want to try it my own way. And I would wake up in the middle of the night saying, why can't I get across this person to just try this? And it would bother me. And I had to learn to let that go. Mm-hmm. You know, let them, that's it, it, okay. Let them make their own mistakes, doing it their own way or not. But that used to bother me. But I, I think- Getting in my own way. I think I was the biggest obstacle. I love that. I definitely feel like I've been my own biggest obstacle on this, yeah. this journey as well. It's 100%. I think there's a bit of us that wants to make sure that we're doing it properly. We want to be perfectionists. We want to make sure that what we're putting out to the world is of the highest quality that we can create. So yes, I, I totally agree with you that you know getting in your own way can be one of those hiccups that that definitely slows the journey down. So get out of your own way, people. Uh, one one more, and and I actually trained this is um, I used to do like everybody else. I followed conventional wisdom. If everybody seemed to be doing it a certain way, I tended to say, well, that must be the way it needs to be done. And I learned that conventional wisdom about 97% of the time is wrong. And, and so I not only do myself try to, to do things and be distinct or different, but I try to encourage other people to be distinct in what they do. It's okay if you want to try it different. I think it's fine because, um, you know, those are the people who are real leaders, the people who have tried something different. Everybody else said they were crazy, but yet it worked, you know? So that I would say that was another thing I had to learn not to follow conventional wisdom all the time. There's no playbook for life. Yeah, definitely. There's absolutely no playbook for life. There's no playbook for building. You know, there, there might be a plan, but there's Mm -hmm. definitely no playbook, you know, and, and you have to create things as you go. You have to make it up as you go. So no, I agree. So Carl, please share with us all about success builders at this point. Well, um, I started the group, um, a local uh, networking organization called Tampa Bay Networkers. And um, I did that just for the idea of just trying to uh, build a group of people because I found out that I don't know everything. (laughs) And I wanted to build a team of people who knew things that I didn't know. And um, I, you know, I, I really wanted to help people build their own success. 
And uh, I, you know, I got to the point to where, um, fortunately, I after you know being in retail and being in financial planning and and setting myself up to where I didn't, I'm not wealthy by any means, but I don't have to pound the pavement for my next dollar. I felt that I could start helping people. And, and to be honest with you, most of the people I was networking with couldn't afford to pay a consultant anyway. Um, so why charge them if they can't pay you? So I, I just started mentoring other people and helping other people. And I've, I'm still doing that. So I, um, um, I give people a year of free consulting, not coaching. I'm not a coach. Um, I don't want a coach. I can get you a coach. But, um, but if they have a question, if they want me to look over something, I'm working with a young lady right now who is a fitness coach and she's just starting out and we're starting at the very beginning and I'm going to try to build her success, you know, and save her 45 years and $400,000 and, um, and try to help her. But, um, so I, I just, to me, it's, it's like a paycheck when somebody else succeeds, you know? And, uh, so everybody asks me, well, how do you make your money? Well, I, I, I'm doing okay. I, I, I make money along the way with certain things that I can provide, but, um, it's not for everybody, but I try to, under the networking organization I have, have built a, an umbrella of professionals that I know are in the right mind to help people and, uh, and people I know, like, and trust. And so that's how success builder started was through the, the organization because I sat down with so many people that really didn't understand sales and marketing. I felt the way they needed to. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and when I found that I was able to help them, it was, I mean, it was great. It's a great feeling, you know, so that's how it started. Awesome. Well, I am absolutely excited about success builders, Carl. I'm super excited to have had the opportunity to meet you and to connect and to now have you as a mentor of my own at this <laughs> point. So you are outstanding. And I truly think that what you're doing is, is really important. Small business owners have, you know, the small business administration here in the U.S. However, I felt that they were very outdated with their thought processes and assistance. And I find that what you bring to the table is the experience and understanding of not just sales and marketing, but also the digital world and the digital space and the concept of building a business in that space. So I really do love what you're doing. And I love that you were giving back and, and helping mm-hmm. small business owners. As you can tell, it's a passion of mine as well. Mm-hmm. So I was super excited to, to have you on. Today. If I might add one more thing, of um, course. you know, I might be a little bit different. I don't know how their consultants do what they do, to be honest with you, but I work more with the person than I do their business. Businesses are businesses, okay? But until I understand the the person, their personality, their drive, their goals, that type of thing, I don't know whether I can help them or not, okay? I mean, there's some people I've told, you know, just good luck. I, I got nothing for you, all right? I have to know that they're going to meet certain parameters, and they really, they they, they refuse to fail. They have to, they have to have that burn in their belly to refuse to fail. And if they do, I, I think I can help them or I, I will do my best to help them. And um, so really I work more with the person than the business. I let somebody else do the accounting part and the structure, business structure and all that. So uh, even though I, I can do some of that, but I, my focus is on the individual. Definitely. 
No, I, I hear you loud and clear. But again, I, I truly think that what you're doing is impressive in terms of taking Thank the time you. to give back. So uh, I no. appreciate that. Of course, of course. So I'd love to know if you have the ability to go back, say, 30, 40 years and tell yourself just one thing. What do you think that would have been? Find a Carl. <laughs> find find somebody that is willing to share what they've learned over 45 years to yes. save you the time and the money <laughs> so that, so that in, you know, Lori, I've got to be totally honest with you. If 45 years ago, I could have met me, I'd be on the back of my yacht in the south of France somewhere and you and I probably wouldn't be talking, but that didn't happen. <laughs> I did it the hard way. And, um, but, um, but truthfully, that's, that's exactly where I'd be. I mean, I had great mentors, but it, it was over years, you know, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I needed somebody now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I needed somebody now and I found you right on time, Carl. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. If you had a magic wand and could change anything at all right now, what do you feel like that would be and why? Magic wand? Mm -hmm. um, I would take myself back to being... 18 or 20 years old again. And we'll go with, back those 20 years. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. With, with, um, with the knowledge I have now, I mean, honestly, I mean, that's probably what I would do, you know, both, both business and personal. I mean, everything that I've learned, you know, <laughs> definitely. We are back to the time machine. We definitely need to get the audience to build one out and hurry it up because we all need yeah. one. <laughs> yeah. You find that one. You let me know. I'm on it, Carl. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's been an absolute pleasure chatting. I've enjoyed I truly it. appreciate you taking the time to to share your journey with your uh, with the audience. So, thank you. Please share the best way for our viewers to find you. Well, uh, I'm on just about every social platform except for Facebook. I'm not a big Facebook fan, but I'm on LinkedIn, Alignable Meetup. Um, you can reach me info at successbuilders-tampabay.com or um, I mean my phone number I mean 727-458-7683 text me whatever you want to do uh, I'm pretty easy to find and uh, but um, uh, my website is uh, successbuilders-tampabay.com I mean, there's various ways if you just google me I'm, I'm there you know google Carl Lucci you know you can find me google Carl Lucci that is it and they can find you yep. so Carl, excellent. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time today. I enjoyed it. Thank you very much, Laurie. Of course. And that is the end of the episode. Okay. So I will close out the recording and we. And thank you very much for listening to our interview with Carl Lucci. Was truly an education. Recordings experience. just got better. And we welcome everyone. Hey, it's Dana from StreamYard. I'm so excited to announce that local recordings are now.